It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, the story behind a petition from Brisbane residents to Ipswich Council. Brisbane Lions want more cash for the Springfield Central Stadium, new fees to use Toolmore Place, and CBD New Shop's latest. These items and more from Ipswich City Council's August 25 Ordinary Meeting. Mayor Teresa Harding joins the show for our regular catch-up. It's Friday, August 26, 2022. And I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thanks for talking with Ipswich Today, Mayor Harding. Oh, thank you very much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. The council meeting this month had a petition in there at the beginning from Brisbane residents, which is a little mm. bit unusual, I think. Will this petition get a sympathetic ear from council? Oh, any petition, I think, gets a sympathetic ear from council. But you're right, it was from outside of, of Ipswich. And um, we looked at our policies and procedures and there was nothing to say that we only had to take ones from Ipswich. So it was, was coming from across the river, over in Mogul. Um, some residents are, are over there. They're um, opposite Australia Post there. So... Um, uh, yeah, so the, the, I think the petition will be looked at and, and reviewed as if it were they were from from Ipswich. I've had a quick look online at what the petitioners had to mm. say, and I may have missed a couple of other points, but one of the complaints appears to be about uh, related to construction rather than ongoing operations. And, mm. and can council force property owners at Red Bank Motorway Estate to erect sound barriers after the event? Well, um, council has been uh, working with these residents for some time, and so have the, the landowners there. Um, they're doing everything legal. Can I just say, within the conditions of the of the law, they're they um, so the the people that are at the motorway estate there are doing things legally. There, we've had that, those compliance officers out there. What then can council do to help the people across the river in Brisbane? Uh, well, my encouragement to them is to sit down with their neighbours and have a good discussion. I understand that did happen last week and there was a good discussion between the two neighbours, which is the best way for any neighbourhood dispute. The best thing is for them to get into a, a room together. Alan? I think one of the longest items discussed at the August meeting of council was the funding request from the AFL for the Springfield Central Stadium, which is also known mm. as Brighton's Home Arena. Uh, in that 40 minutes, there was a lot of toing and froing. How much has council given to this project already? It's just over twenty million dollars in total. It was originally going to be uh, fifteen million to match the state and the federal governments. They've both put, put in fifteen, but with some of the land works that we've done over the years, it's, it adds up to be just over twenty million dollars. 
Surprisingly, it's been 10 years since that first Heads of Agreement uh, was signed with the Brisbane Lions uh, pleading their case for more money this time. What specifically are they after? Look, I think COVID's hit everyone. Um, it's a great facility and we can't wait for it to come online. Um, there were two asks. One was to, for council to um, go half and half with a, a signal, a traffic signal at Eden Station Drive, and that would cost about $437,000 uh, to the ratepayers. And they also asked if their half be funded by a, a loan from council over 10 years. So that did cause a lot of discussion there. Uh, their, their next ask was for $3 million towards childcare facilities and other things as well. And what did council eventually resolve? So eventually we agreed that to to fund our half of the, the traffic lights there at Eden Station Drive. And we also agreed that we would consider, um, we'll speak to the Queensland Treasurer, but we'll consider um, providing that loan for the other half to Brisbane Lions. And as for the, the, the three um, million dollars for the childcare centre and, and other facilities there, there's a lot of discussion. Um, certainly, I think the word consider was very much hinged on. So it did pass that um, council would consider um, providing that money, but also um, I personally voted against it, so did another councillor. Uh, but there was also discussion amongst councils that if it was definitely happening, that they wouldn't be voting for it. They just wanted to, um, I guess, not take anything off the um, off the table. I just want to highlight too that... Um, Brisbane Lions and AFL have also approached the state and the federal governments as well. So uh, councils only received 3% of all taxes. The state and the federal governments received 97%. So I think it's time for the heavy lifting to happen at another level of government or or somewhere else. Um, Council is tremendously supportive of this project and that's why we have brought over $20 million over the last few years and it's going to be a real asset to have this elite sporting facility in our city. I just want to go off on a tangent, Mayor Harding, about Mm. place names. There's been a Mm. lot of controversy in the media recently when... uh, Westfield Garden City, they wanted to rename it Mount Cravat, but it's actually an upper Mount Cravat. And in our own backyard, we're seeing more and more businesses using the word Springfield for their location in Springfield Central. USQ does the same thing. They say their campus is in Springfield, not Springfield Central. And Mervac Orion's having a, a bet each way. Some parts on their website say Springfield, others Springfield Central. <laughs> what can council do to force businesses to give their correct suburb name? Look, there's only so much we can do. Um, we obviously have named that stadium Springfield Central Stadium. That is its gazetted name. A bit like Lang Park versus Suncorp Stadium. So I'm sure the ABC will be calling out a Springfield Central Stadium. Um, but for any other games, any commercial games, I'm sure they'll be calling the Brighton Homes Arena. They have paid naming rights for that arena, so they, they are sponsoring them. Um, and I guess we do everything that we can to be really quite clear, um, whether it's Springfield, Springfield Central, uh, Springfield Lakes, um, Spring Mountain and all those areas, but I guess it's up to those businesses to, to do the right thing as well. Yeah, um, I, I just find it a little misleading when they say they're in Springfield because that's kind of almost two suburbs away from Springfield Central. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Another, and that's the generic, if you're not sure, just call it Greater Springfield. Uh, <laughs> that's the generic name. It is the yeah. generic name. Not a yeah. gazetted name, by the way. No, uh, it's not. Not an official name, no. Another item that came up at the August meeting was the proposed fees and charges for Tuma Place. Uh, does this mean that the coffee van and others have been rent-free up until now? No, no, no. We always have to do the right thing by the ratepayers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the development at Nicholas Street Precinct has allowed um, us as a council to provide Tumor Place as a great opportunity for you know, open-air 
uh, events and it's a great venue for markets and other things. So we've curated a number of events the last 18 months, but certainly the Oikos Coffee Van there and, and other market operators um, each have a commercial licence uh, as per a standard tenancy agreement and a permit. So it's always on a commercial uh, basis. But just letting you know too that if you are a not-for-profit group or a community organisation, um, you will get a 40% discount on any, any um, if you want to hold any event there. So we're doing our best to still bring that community flavour, which we can as a council. There was a lot of discussion about uh, community groups uh, in the council meeting. How do you actually see it working for them? Have you had any feedback up until now about how much they can afford or what council should charge? Yeah, we've had a number of community groups uh, approach us whether they want to hold an event for fundraising or for awareness. Um, at the moment, they'll often have a stall um, with the Handmade Expo or something like that. So I think, you know, it's up to anyone's imagination. Um, people can see some of the events that councils put on if they want to put on something similar to fundraise or, or raise their profile. I think it's a terrific opportunity. It's great parking. You've got nearly a thousand parking spots there and it's free parking all weekend. Let's talk about the Nicholas Street Precinct more broadly. For many mm. residents who haven't been to the CBD lately or in the last few months, what's open and what's opening soon? <laughs> um, gelatissimo, which is divine ice cream and gelato, uh, gelato is open. Terry White uh, Chemist is open. That Dumpling Place and Zimbrero are now open and Sushi Hio will be open very soon and that's a sushi train as well as the, the grab and go sort of area as well. So very much looking forward to that. We do have a few more to be announced over the next couple of weeks that have been signed on, but um, I think Marnie will be announcing those uh, in the future, there'll be a, a beautician and an ale bar and a few other things like that there. All right, we'll look forward to that. Hoyts was announced recently as the new operator of the CBD cinema, where the old Birch Carolyn Coyle complex was. I'm just a bit curious why it's going to take so long for the site to mm. reopen. They're saying late 2023. It's a long time to wait because it was a cinema complex before. It was. And look, it will take a slightly smaller footprint because if, if you remember Birch Callan Coyle, there was a lot of, I guess, wasted space mm. uh, around the area there. Um, so it's a great venue. Uh, the design plans are progressing really well. And whilst look, the site was already a cinema, it does require significant upgrades to its engineering services, in particular vertical transport like escalators and lifts. And they have a lead time of about 12 months. Um, we also have some challenges in the, with the construction industry with material lead times and availability of labour and so on. So we want to provide a realistic time frame. I don't want to say it's going to be ready earlier than that, but we're, we're hoping for that October-November time frame next year. Uh, similarly, since the operator of the Commonwealth Hotel was announced, it's all gone a bit quiet. Is there any update <laughs> when work will begin on those planned extensions or better still, when the hotel might open? Yes, well, we've got to give those architects uh, and, and some time uh, and also some planning some time. Um, they'll be doing significant work there to extend out the back, so it's a, a huge piece of work. We've now put on Hutchison Builders. They've been awarded a variation to complete that renovation and that'll be uh, finished late next year as well. So the hoarding and fencing are expected to go up next month um, for that construction stage of the Commonwealth Hotel. Um, yeah, so look, we, we recently had a special council meeting. It's a great project. Hutchies will be doing... Um, the Commonwealth Hotel, as well as the cinema as well. So it's a great um, way of us of getting best value for the rate pays as well. Another item tucked away in the committee reports was uh, advising or requesting that council write to the government to apply for the show holiday next year. I've always wondered why council must apply for the holiday and not the show society. Why is that? Oh, look, I just can't do it with a stroke of, of a pen, uh, Alan. I do have to write <laughs> to the state government. There's this little legislative requirement called the Holidays Act of 2013. And, um, yeah, any any city needs to uh, apply to them for a holiday. So the 19th of May uh, will be a great – and you're always a very good participant in the show as well, Alan. Mm. I often hear your voice there. <laughs> um, 
Next year's going to be absolutely huge. It'll be the 150th uh, show for us. So it'll be absolutely incredible. So it's going to be a, a huge one. And I think it's great that now we can mark the, the 19th of May as, as show day next year. I'm sure the show president, Darren Zano, will be very pleased to hear that <laughs> and uh, the rest of the committee and volunteers. Now, just stepping back. Everyone in Ipswich will be. <laughs> exactly. Just stepping back and looking at the council committee structure, it appears mm. some are very busy and others, it looks like there's not much going on. Is council going to review the structure and responsibilities? Look, we do review this annually uh, as well, so I, I, I think we, we will. Um, but some committees are busy and some might have oh, – I think we had one committee that had nothing, but I think a couple of months back they had a, a tonne of work in there as well. So, look, um, each committee is chaired – there's six committees and they all have a, a different chair and it's very much up to them to lead um, their agenda. They're a bit like a portfolio, I guess, and you'll find that the councils are very passionate about their portfolios. And But, again, as an entire council, we do review those terms of reference every year. Goodness famous jacaranda trees are to be officially recognised with a new plaque along Brisbane Terrace. Yeah, look, later this year it'll mark 90 years since the jacaranda trees were, were actually planted by work gangs as part of a, I guess, work a jobs as part of the Depression. So it's really important that we do actually acknowledge that part of our history. So I think it'd be, um, it'd be really quite special. Mayor Harding, the Galvanised Festival coming round for the second time. Are you ready for it? And what are your favourite events? <laughs> Uh, definitely. Um, this is our second year. My favourite would have to be the blacksmithing workshops. I do have a bit of a soft spot. Um, one of the main blacksmiths I used to work with on the F-111, so when he retired, he really got into blacksmithing. But I think uh, on Father's Day, the, the beard and moustache competition with the bikes and the barbecues are, are, are really cool as well. So I think there's something for everyone. And finally, at the end of the meeting, Jacob Madsen raised uh, the Box Flat Memorial 50-year celebration and there was a special presentation. How did that go? It was really nice. Um, the Ipswich Historical Society ran just a wonderful commemoration weekend for the Box Flat. It was 50 years since the tragedy. And um, so there was a whole weekend of events from a, a, a lunch for the family, um, a, a display at the Mines Rescue down at Llewellyn Motors, as well as a dinner and the service and so on. So um, council provided um, about $18,000, I think, towards the entire weekend to support it. And there were other sponsors as well. And it was very nice. Um, Ipswich Historical Society gave council a special plaque uh, as a thank you. And, um, you know, Jacob was really driving that as, as part of his division. So um, it was really nice for Jacob to present that to council. Mayor Teresa Harding, thanks again for the wrap-up from the August council meeting. And thanks for talking with Ipswich today. Thank you very much, Alan, and thank you to the listeners. If you would like to hear more about Box Flat, search for the special podcast published July 16 or check the show notes for a handy link. And after two and a half years of regular podcasts, Ipswich Today is taking a short production break and will return in late September. You'll find links in the show notes, including Ipswich City Council's YouTube channel, where you can watch meetings live or on demand. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. 
follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.